thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. And I tell you what, anytime you give to the Word, you'll never regret it because the Word has answers and help, power and peace for our life. Amen. Um, we're going to, well, first of all, I encourage you to get your Bible. Get something to take notes with. Write down things that God would say to you during this broadcast. Answers are for you. Amen. We're going to look at something in connection with our faith today. I want us to start in Ephesians chapter 4 so you can follow along with us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And we're going to read all the way through verse 13. Paul is writing and he said, For Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, listen to this, for the perfecting of the saints. What's that mean? For the maturing of the saints, that they grow up out of babyhood stage into full stature. Amen. So it says for the perfecting or the growing and developing of the saints for the work of the ministry. Why? So that the, the members in the body of Christ, which is every believer to do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? Well, the work of the ministry doesn't just take place inside a building of the local church. It's out in the world. Amen. The work of the ministry is in the church and outside the church, that church building rather. So it says that these gifts are for the perfecting of the saints. And we could put it this way so that they can do the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So notice this, that as the saints are fed, the believers are fed, we're able to be more effective in being a blessing and ministering to others, but it also builds up the body of Christ. That the body of Christ is strong, that the body of Christ is fortified, that the body of Christ is developing. Look at the next phrase, till we all come in the unity of the faith, till we all come in the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. Look at this, unto a perfect, or we could say fully developed man spiritually. A spiritually fully developed man unto a perfect man. Then the next words is this, is what is our measuring stick? How do we know whether or not we're fully developed? Mm -hmm. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He is our measurement. He's our standard. So how do we know if we are advancing in comparison to him? Into all that he's provided for us and made us to be that we're walking in it. And if we are coming into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, you know what's going to happen? We're going to start producing what was produced through him. Yes. 
our lives will look like his life. Now that's what we're going to be talking about is developing to the point that we're producing like he produced when he was on the earth. And you say, well, he was a son of God. I can't produce what he produced. You're the son of God. You can produce what he produced. And he was our example of what the new man in Christ can do. So when we look at his earthly life, now we know what we're capable of because we are new creatures in Christ. Amen. 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 And so he was our example of this new creation life. So he is our standard. Amen. And too many times people dismiss themselves from that standard. Don't dismiss yourself out of what God already counted you in on. He intends for us to develop and develop and come into this stature of Christ in the sense of he's our standard. We don't look, we don't compare ourselves to someone else and say, well, they're a real good Christian. If I match them, I know I'm better than them. No, no, no. They're not our, they're not our standard. Jesus is our standard. Amen. Amen. So notice that we are to be fed by these gift ministries, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, um, till we all come. Look at this, till we all come. So it's not okay for us to say, I'm not going to come. No, he told us to all come. The word is instructing us that we are to all grow up. We are all to mature and develop spiritually. It's not just okay that the pastor is interested in that. Every member of the body. Um, In your own physical body, don't you want every part working right? So does God. Jesus wants every part of his body working right too. Um, we would not be okay if we woke up one morning and the hand says, uh, you know something, I'm okay with not developing and growing out of a childhood state. How funny would that look that where all the other body grew to, to maturity, but yet the hand decided I'm going to remain a toddler. Yeah. Right. We, w- we would instantly go to the doctor and say, something's wrong with my body. Even so, as members of the body of Christ, it's not okay to say, you know what? I'm going to remain a spiritual baby. No, it's not okay because we're part of his body and we want to bring honor to him. And we don't want to hinder or hold back what his body, what he can do through his body by being undeveloped. Amen. Amen. So when you get born again, you are a spiritual baby. Everyone at the, at the new birth, we are a spiritual baby. I don't care how old you are when you get born again. But God doesn't intend that we stay spiritual babies. He intends that we grow up. How do we grow up spiritually? We feed on the word. We do the word. We feed on the word. We do the word. To feed on the word but not do it, we're still not growing up. It's not enough to just read the word. It's not enough to just hear sermons. It's sermons and the truth of God's word lived 
that is part of the growing process. Amen. So this is what we have to understand is that it's not okay for us to be at the same spiritual development where we were last year or where we were five years ago. There should always be increase, just like we would look at one of our children and say, we're expecting them to continually grow until they come to full adulthood. Once we reach full adulthood, you know, there's still levels of maturity within adulthood, isn't there? You know, your, your body may be fully grown at 35, but at 60, your body may not be fully growing. It may not be growing anymore, but you're still developing. What ways of thinking, ways of behaving, things are still increasing and coming up to higher standards. It's the same way spiritually. I don't care how long we've been born again. There's never a stopping point that we we are to stop developing. Amen. Amen. And what a joy to know that there's always more for us. That is so great. There's always more to wake up for the next day. Always more to use our faith more for. Always more to lay hold of. And so uh, we have to know that it's not okay. We want to deal with in, in ourselves any thinking that is okay. It's staying in an underdeveloped state. Right. We're not okay with that. No. Right. Amen. Amen. We need to examine, is every arena of my life showing spiritual growth? showing spiritual development because it will show up in other arenas. We can see it in our marriage. We can see it in what kind of employee we are. As we grow up and develop spiritually, we'll become a better employee to our employer. We'll we'll bring a greater supply to our local church. Amen. There's other ways we can look out here and know whether or not we're developing spiritually and growing up spiritually. And God doesn't just recommend it. It is, re- it is expected. Yes. Don't you expect of your children? You Don't act young. As you're growing up, I expect maturity out of you, yes. right, in their behavior. And it's right for a parent to expect maturity out of our children as they grow. We expect their behavior to mature. We expect their responses to mature. We expect the way they think to mature, right? right? Well, God is right in expecting maturity out of us. And it's for our benefit as well as the benefit of the body of Christ. Amen. 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 So um, our lives can look like Jesus's life while he was on the earth. Amen. That needs to, that needs to, that needs to matter to us that we don't just separate that and say, well, that was him. I mean, he was a son of God. I could never come up. Well, the word says here that we're to come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not just a minimal measure, but just as fully as he walked in some things and, and obeyed the will of God for his life, fulfilled the plan of God for his life. God expects us to fulfill the plan of God for our life. Amen. Amen. That's what Jesus fulfilled. He fulfilled God's plan. God expects us to fulfill his plan. Amen. So we can, we can produce what his life produced. And we should set our faith to do that. We should say, you know something, I'm going to, I'm going to expect that of myself that I continue to grow until my life is producing. Amen. 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 Now, um, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter three and verse 19. And this is the Amplified Classic translation. Ephesians three, verse 19. It reads this, that you may be filled, Mm -hmm. not just the pastor filled, Mm -hmm. 
Look, not just the fivefold ministers, preachers filled, yes. but that you may be filled through all your being, spirit, soul, and body, right? Unto all the fullness of God. In other words, what's the fullness of God? Everything he offers you. Everything he's made yours, the fullness of it. That you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. And I like what the Amplified Classic said here. That you may have the richest measure of the divine presence. And become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Mm, That's what God offers us. That's what God sees for us. That's what God planned for us. Let's not settle for something less than that. Let's not be okay with something less than that. I look at these, look at this large description of what it means to have the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. If our body wholly filled and flooded with God himself, you know what? There's no room for symptoms. There's no room in that fullness for disease. There's no room in that fullness for tormented mind. There's no room in that fullness for finances that aren't enough. Every single arena should have an abundant flow. And that's what we need to, that's what we need to say. I set my faith on that. I expect my faith to develop to the place to where I'm living in that flow of fullness. Not a minimal flow, but a full flow of what God has made ours. Amen. That needs to thrill us. What's that mean? Life can look different. And our life should not look like it did last year. We need to take inventory and say, wait a minute, am I progressing? Are the different arenas of my life developing? Are they showing up? Our life should look Uh, our life should progress far past the life of our unsaved neighbor. Amen. 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 Our life should excel anyone that's unsaved in every way so that they can desire what we have. (laughs) Then we become a testimony to them and they want what we have. But we don't, we don't want them on the outside to look like they have more than us. No, we're in, we're living in the fullness. Amen. Now, so I want to again look at the wording in Ephesians 4:13, and I'll just read it to you. Till we all come unto a perfect man or fully developed man spiritually. Mm-hmm. And this is what, what we were camping on earlier, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. So our life is to look like Jesus's in every way. That's right. Including our faith life. Now, this is where we're going to spend some time. That our faith life is to look like His. His faith continually grew, His faith continually produced. Not only that, His faith life blessed others because He was so skillful with His faith, the lives of others were rescued. Right? Right? He, he, by faith, fulfilled the will of God and the plan of God for his life. Do you know it takes faith to, to carry out God's plan? Yes. Why? Because God's a faith God. And we are dealing with things that are unseen. And you can only deal with things unseen by faith. We can only receive what God has provided for us by faith. Jesus 
lived on this earth conducted God's plan by faith, not by feeling, right. not by his, not by his mental reasonings. It was all by faith. And so for our life to look like Jesus's life, that includes that our faith life looks like his. So God wants us to live and operate the kind of faith life that Jesus demonstrated because Jesus lived his life as an example to us and said, this is what the God kind of faith will produce. Now go ahead and produce it. Amen. So he's our standard. And until we reach what, that everything of us looks like him, we're not finished growing yet. That's right. Amen. 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 Now, the way that we develop anything is we practice. That's you just have to practice it. Taking the everyday circumstances and events of life to practice on. That means that we don't wait for circumstances to be favorable. <laughs> before we start being a doer of the word. In the face of circumstances that are contrary, that's when the doing of the word is demonstrated the best. Amen. 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 So we are to practice every single day on daily events. Don't wait till a crisis comes to start employing your faith. Practice on the unimportant things of life. God will train you train you on how to follow him, train you in your faith life, train you in your life of serving. He'll train you on the unimportant so that you already have skill whenever the the bigger things of life show up, that he doesn't want you practicing on life and death situations. He wants you to have skill at that point. Amen. Amen. So we should not bypass the opportunity to practice because what that does, that affects our skill level. Yes. Amen. That's right. If we just wait until it's something large before we employ our faith, we're at a, we're at a disadvantage. Um, whenever a sports team uh, goes out to play a game, they don't show up to play a game until they have already had practice sessions. Game day is not practice day. You understand that? Game day is not practice day. Even on game day, they don't call it practice. They call it warm up. Right? They're not practicing that day. They're warming up for what they've already gained skill in. So don't treat the emergencies of life like this is my practice ground. No, this is game time, right? Well, game day is going to show how well we've been practicing. So take advantage of the unimportant things of the everyday life to practice on so that when game day comes, when something, uh, an emergency of life shows up, you already have your faith ready. You already have your skill with God's word ready. Yeah. Amen. And then victory is not a foreign thing to you because you've been practicing your victory every single day. Amen. This is big. I'm just saying it is so, so important. God, um, we know this even, uh, God is the best parent, right? Uh, a good parent puts expectation on their children. They give them opportunities to exceed, to succeed on the unimportant. Uh, 
It begins early, doesn't it? Yeah. When, a, when a child is really young and you, you eat dinner uh, as a family, uh, when the child is really young, uh, after they're done eating, you will pick up their plate, their bowl, their cup, and you will take it to the kitchen sink and wash it yourself. But there comes a day that as they grow yeah. and as a toddler, you say, I'm not taking it anymore. Right. You're big enough now. Yeah. Right. Right. You have to practice carrying something and walking at the same time. Right. 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 <laughs> you can walk and carry. Right. What's that mean? You can walk and produce. Right at the same time. You're not just going to watch me produce. You're going to learn to come into producing something for this family. And that's what a good parent does. They put an expectation on a child and they give them circumstances throughout the day that they employ that. And most of the time, your children, most of the time are not going to say, hey, I want to do all the work. (laughs) No, if, if you don't, If you don't expect them to get involved, sometimes they'll just go off and play on their toys and expect you to do all the work side, right? Well, a good parent doesn't let that happen. A good parent expects the child to contribute to that family. God is a good parent. He expects us to contribute to his family. Amen. Why? For the benefit of the family, but also for the benefit of the one growing because that's the only way you can grow and develop is by produce something. So it's not a foreign thing. We give our children opportunities to succeed. When a toddler is learning to walk and then they've got some skill at being steady in their walk, don't hand them your breakable dishes to carry first, right? You'll give them a plastic cup or their plastic plate. Why? Because if they drop, no big deal. It's not a loss to you. But if you hand them something of value and they drop it, now that's cost you something. So you learn to let them practice on something that doesn't cost you something. God will do the same thing. He's going to let you practice on things that won't cost you or him something. Amen. He's going to let us practice on the unimportant. But what if we refuse to pick up the plastic plate? You know what I mean? What if we refuse to obey that opportunity of the daily life? And then we just wait until the china platter comes along and think we'll practice then. Uh, We may not succeed the same way. Amen. So we don't want our children to miss the opportunity to practice. So don't you miss the opportunity to practice. Amen. Amen. Because God needs us skillful with our faith, Mm -hmm. he is going to put a demand on us and he is going to lead us by his spirit in a way that is best for our faith and not what's most easiest on the mind. Now get that because many times we just want to have relief and ease on the mind. God does not trouble our mind, but what we call easy is not what God calls best. Sometimes people just don't want responsibility. They think that would be best. That's not what's best for your faith. What's best for your faith is to have faith responsibilities. Isn't that right? Uh, Wouldn't a lot of children just love it for the parents to do all the cleaning of the house, all the cooking, all the cleaning up of the kitchen, all the yard work, and just sit back and enjoy? If we're not careful, spiritually, we just want to sit back and enjoy but our inheritance 
And all that God's provided for us carries with it privilege, but it also carries with it responsibility. In the, in the, um, in the passage that talks about the prodigal son, we see two extremes. We see the elder son, the younger son. The younger son had an inheritance. The elder son had an inheritance. It wasn't time for them to partake of that in the sense of you, you, you wait until the parent dies, right? But the younger son came and prematurely said, I want my inheritance now. Why did he want it now? He wanted to go indulge. Yeah. He wanted to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life. The Bible says he has given us richly all things to enjoy. He does not intend that our life be one of the nose to the grindstone, that our life be hard and full of labor and no enjoyment. He wants us to enjoy life. But the problem with the prodigal son is all he wanted was the enjoyment side of life. He didn't want the responsibility side. He just wanted the money and go out and just spend it in his total indulgence. Then the elder son had, had, he was in the ditch on the other side. He was entrenched in responsibility and he never took time to enjoy the privileges of being a son. When the prodigal son came home and the father put the ring on him and threw a party for him, it offended the elder brother. He said, you never put the ring on me. You never threw me a party. You know what the father said? All these privileges that were here for you to enjoy and you never partook of them. So what's that mean? To, to God's goodness in our life, there's privilege and enjoyment, but there's also responsibility. What is our responsibility? Grow up. Yes. Develop spiritually. Right. Use our faith. Amen. Develop our faith. Yes. Don't just, and if we, all we do are responsibility minded, uh, people will just think God is hard and God is rigid and yes. God is, is, is mad at them. Right. You know, God just, he, he doesn't mean any enjoyment. Well, that's a total misrepresentation yes. of God. Amen. God wants us to enjoy all things, but he also wants us to enjoy the process of doing our part of developing spiritually and growing up, there is complete enjoyment in that process. Amen. Amen. And so we don't want to be in either side of the ditch like the prodigal son or the elder son. We want to be right in the middle of the road, fully enjoying all the blessings, the healing power that belongs to us, the prosperity that belongs to us, the peace and the joy, but then also growing up. Bringing our part in the family, using our faith, not only uh, blessing our life with our faith, but blessing others with our life of faith. Amen. Amen. Well, we've just begun on this, and we want you to stay with us on this pro- on this uh, this topic we're talking on because it's going to help us. So we invite you to join us next time. And until next time, remember this: Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. We cannot live the life God authored for us without His power. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us in Murrieta, California at World Harvest Church for our annual Holy Ghost meetings. The dates are January the 5th through the 10th. We're inviting everyone to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and register. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. If you have received a healing or have any other testimony to share with us as a result of this broadcast, we would love to hear about it. Please call us, write us, or contact us through our website. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.